0: You're clocked out. We're, We're locked, locked in. in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miquez and Mash here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome to your
1: Friday fun show here on The Game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home. For the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros, Matt Miguez here. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Canadian, you can watch us on the simulcast. Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Producer, co-host, and a man who is absolutely sick of dealing with me for this week is Mr. James Mesh. James, buddy, happy Friday. How are you? How could you tell? Oh, it's pretty obvious. Oh, is it? He, you're so over me. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm I'm doing absolutely
2: spectacular. Are Are you? Because you have to deal with me for the next two hours. I mean, I do it every day. So oh, you're you're a saint. I know. I mean. here's a place up in heaven for
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> it's already reserved. Oh yeah, I got, I got no. the R S V P. Th- th- this room not for you. It's for James Mesh. Move Move along. Get out of my way. Back to purgatory for you! I don't know. (laughs) Another positive update in the case of Damar Hamlin. Uh, the breathing tube was taken out overnight last night. He is now able to fully breathe on his own. He has since spoken with members of his family as well as members of the Bills organization. Dude's doing so well. He's FaceTiming again. Well, you see, that, that's what I was going to get to next. The Bills coaches walked into their team meeting this morning and they said, guys, we have a surprise for y'all. And then they're like, oh, I think and we know what this is. And next thing you know, DeMar Hamlin's face pops up on the on the screen. Everybody, a, everybody's like from yeah, a FaceTime. Let's go! And they said that he flexed his muscles, gave him did a heart. his did his signature heart thing, and said, "Boys, I love y'all. I'll be back soon." Love that. Oh yeah, it's love awesome. that. So, and then in in on, on top of that, DeMar Hamlin's jersey this week was the highest selling jersey in all of sports out everybody uh, you it, it sold out on uh, on most sites right now so incredible week after it started off you know very tragically it has uh, it has turned around quite nicely uh, the bills did announce that Demar Hamlin would be placed on IR not surprising there uh, just freeing up the roster spot for um, for for them to make a, a signing for somebody else for the playoff push, because obviously DeMar Hamlin's not going to play for the remainder of the season. So putting him on IR, he's going to be able to go home with his family and recover even further, and hopefully you will see him in a football uniform for the Bills in 2023. The team announced today that they will wear number 3 patches on their jerseys for the remainder of the season, and the— Thirty, the threes on the field for the thirty-yard lines will be bolded in blue, in honor of Damar Hamlin. So, great stuff. Obviously, a uh, again a, a great ending to a pretty tragic situation there in Buffalo. Also, Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns getting a statement victory last night over Southern Miss. We will recap that game and bring you audio from Bob Marlin. And the LSU Lady Tigers, fifteen and O now, with their win last night. We will talk about that game as well and preview the weekend. As LSU men will play A and M, LSU women will play Kentucky, and then the Saints travel, or, or excuse me, the Saints will be at home against Carolina. There's somebody on this show that's going to be in attendance. And it's not Matt Miguez. And it's not Matt Miguez. And and you know you know what? Process of elimination. That's okay. It's okay. Because here's the thing. As exciting as it would have been to go to another Saints game this year, a Sunday at home with no plans sounds absolutely fantastic.
2: <laughs> Just make sure you don't get locked
1: up. <laughs> That sounds fantastic. I'm going to sit on my couch, extend my recliner because I'm bougie. I've got one of those little reclining sectionals. Extend my – and not move. Not move. I've got a 40-ounce cup that I'm going to fill up with whatever beverage I choose, stick it in the cup holder next to me, and not move.
2: It's is, there, be, is there, like, odds on bets that it's going to be, like,
1: Dr. Pepper? Uh, Probably not. Uh, betting's probably closed because that's too obvious.
2: It's, it's, minus it's,
1: 50, it's like 000. minus fifty, right? Right. What What's the point? You're gonna lose even more money than you put down. So just don't even worry about it. Yeah, I mean, probably gonna be Dr Pepper. Right now, there's Dr Pepper cherry in the fridge, so that's probably what it's gonna be. James Mesh, ladies and gentlemen, you're just
2: you're just a Dr Pepper aficionado. Uh, I mean, dude, twenty three flavors. You can only name like two of them.
1: Can you name twenty three? Can you name all twenty
3: three?
2: No, but I also don't proclaim to be an aficionado. I've never claimed to be. You call you your that? favorite your favorite drink by far. You always drink it. I mean, that's fair.
1: That's true. Never called t- myself you, an aficionado. You talk though.
2: about how much you love it. So it's like I feel like if
1: you love it this much, you would at least know like ten of the flavors. Your poll question of the day: Do the Pelicans get a big win tonight against the Nets inside the blender? Heck yeah, brother! Or the Nets' offense is too good. So far, split right down the middle, 50-50. James, do the Pels get a win tonight? Oh,
2: that's too early for a prediction.
1: Well, we. I mean, you don't have to give your your, your absolute prediction, but you can kind of you know, allude to it a little bit. I mean, a little bit. I didn't want to
2: full-on say who's going to win, but I, this one it's definitely going to be a high-scoring one. I, I think KD, Kyrie, they're going to do what they've been doing all year. And what they've been doing their whole careers—score points and not play a lot of defense. Well, you know,
1: <laughs> say say what you want about the other night when they're they, they're they took okay, down but Houston. it's not like
2: they're crazy about it.
1: Obviously, Houston is the worst team in the league, so you can only say so much about that win. But the way the Pelicans were able to rally back and win at, without Bi and without Zion showed a lot. Because it showed that other guys could step up when they needed to. Much like the Cajuns last night. Jordan Brown has been your big dog all season long. Southern Miss's game plan last night was clearly to slow down Jordan Brown. As you should. And they did so. He only had 8 points. Terrence Lewis only had 8 points. So you needed help from other guys. Kentrell Garnett gets a career-high 20. famous Folks pours in 17. Other guys stepped up when you needed them to. Zion and B.I. aren't on the court. C.J. steps up. Jonas steps up. Herb and Najee and Jose Alvarado come off the bench and step up. And, and that's the mark of a good team, and, and the Pelicans are, are going to need that down the stretch because, I hate to say it, Zion or BI, neither one of them are coming back anytime soon. Zion's going to come back before BI does. BI might not come back until after the All-Star break. And and that might be early. BI is going to be out for a while. I just I, I'm I'm here to tell you. Do I do I know that 100% without a shadow of a doubt? No, I don't. But I, I do know that a broken toe, when you're a basketball player is a serious injury. It's when you're not going to rush. And then there's been reports that he's also dealing with the mental effects of, of being injured and being out long term. So that just pours a, a whole nother factor to it. They're not going to rush Brandon Ingram back. I'm not saying Brandon Ingram is going to be out for the rest of the year, but if that was the case, I mean the Pelicans aren't going to rush him back. So that's something that you're going to have to keep a close eye on over the next couple of weeks as you push down the backstretch of this season for the Pelicans, who currently sit in the top four in the Western Conference. Today's guest, 430, Dawson Izerloh, will join us to talk New Orleans Saints as they prepare to take on Carolina in the season finale inside the Superdome. And then at five o'clock, it's a Friday. So we're going to do Jake's takes with our guy Jake Crane. We'll talk the NFL. We'll talk the NBA. And we'll get his pick for the national championship game on Monday night inside SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, as Georgia, the undefeated defending national champion, takes on Cinderella herself in 13 and 1 TCU. James. And obviously, we'll spend a lot of time Monday talking about this game, Princess and the Horned Frog. But oh, that was a good one. I see what you did there, sir. Very nice. Very nice. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, no one denied it, but you know, there, there you go. Yeah, we'll go along with it. This is a game that, you know, you look at the betting line, and it's fourteen.
2: It's now gone down to twelve and some is it, sports Is books. it twelve? So like it, it, it all just kind of depends on what sports book. Some, still, still too high. Like yeah, that's uh, still
1: too high. Uh,
2: I've kind of learned over time, even with college, because college they can be a lot more lopsided than it is NFL. Well, of course, and
1: and there there is a there is a big possibility that Georgia runs away with it. Oh, very easily because you've seen Georgia do it. However. After what you saw against Michigan and the way you've seen TCU play this season against high-powered teams, they don't back down. They're not going to back down. And what was what was Georgia's one weakness in that SEC championship game? LSU torched their secondary. Yep. You know who else is going to be able to do that? Max, Max Duggan, Duggan. Who didn't have
2: that great of a game no, against Michigan. No, he did not. Under 50% completion percentage. Through through, two picks. Through two picks. Just barely over 200 passing yards. Like It it just wasn't a great performance. So he's due. Not only is he due, but the defense for TCU. That's something to look out for. Because they can get some stops. Mm, Yeah. But what is the likelihood that you see a repeated performance of not necessarily taking two turnovers back? for a touchdown, but, like, even one. Let alone, how likely are you going to be able to get one or multiple turnovers on Georgia? That's the real question. You may be able to make them punt. You may make them flip the field. But are you going to force Brock Brock Bowers or Stetson Bennett to fumble or throw an interception? Are you going to be able to do that? That's the question.
1: Well, you see, here's the thing.
2: Because... Because something that not a lot of people really talked about, that first touchdown that Michigan was supposed to have, whenever the guy's butt hit it like yeah, the half yard the line, right? Well, you you look at the the ref. You know how like interception they go to where the interception was. Correct. It was at the forty nine of TCU, but they waved it at the forty nine of uh, Michigan, like they they were off by two or three yards. So it's like big what if scenario. But that took another touchdown off of Michigan's board.
1: Correct. And you see, here's the thing: you brought up TCU's defense. TCU took a quarterback that going into this game, going into that college football semifinal, had only thrown five interceptions all season long. They brought, they picked him off three times. And took them two, two of them, of them to back the house. to the house. That's what I'm saying. Are
2: so, we I, the and so likelihood like, of
1: doing that again? Right. It's rare, but here's what I'm saying. Stetson Bennett is another quarterback but doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Correct. He throws one bad pass. TCU will make him pay. They will make him pay. And if TCU, TCU's offense can hang around just enough to where the defense makes that one play, that could be the decider. You also look at
2: when... If Stetson Bennett does turn the ball over, when does it happen? Because if it's early on in the first quarter, well, then you could still battle back. Right. But if we're talking about this is at the end of the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, or even in the fourth quarter, right? Well, this drastically changes yep. everything. T- TCU's is going to make you pay, especially depending on what the score is. Because so, if it's super close, like let's say it's twenty-three twenty, George is up. They're they move past the fifty and then strip sack or bad pick, and then. TCU takes it 60 yards on their following drive for a touchdown, and they go up 27-23, that could change a lot. I mean,
1: go go back to the way Georgia won the national championship against Alabama last year. They picked Bryce Young off late. Bryce Young was marching down the field to go tie the game. They picked him off. Don't be surprised if TCU does the same thing to Georgia. Just going to say that now. And look, I haven't decided if I'm going to bet on this game, but I'll tell you this, if I do, it's TCU and the points. That game's going to be closer than 12 points. Because I, I... There is definitely a world where you can see
2: Georgia winning by 14-plus, but how many of those worlds are there? Correct. Not many. Not very many in my eyes. Not I, many. Like, TCU, even though I did not believe in them, I didn't think they were going to be able to get past Michigan. Boy, have they proved me wrong, and I think they're able to stay with them throughout the game. Yep. I don't, I don't think either team really gets a huge leverage on one another and, like, takes it... 10 plus points. Right. Like two plus possessions uh, it, maybe for a second, but I think the following drive they get it back within the within the one score game.
1: Yep. No, absolutely. If you didn't get what you wanted from Santa, not to worry, we have the gifts you really want in the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. A $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino, a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Any of these great prizes could be yours by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today. Our guy Darren sent me a, a photo on Twitter. said there's only one drink of choice, and it was an empty bottle of Dr. Pepper. My guy. My guy. We'll take a timeout here. I'll crunch time, and when we return, we'll recap the Cajuns' win over Southern Miss inside the Cajun Dome last night, and you'll hear from Cajuns head coach Bob Marlin right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, in your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros.
0: Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back Back to more Crunch Time time. with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 422 on
1: your Friday. met Miguez, James Mesh, back here on Crunch Time. Last night inside the Cajun Dome, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns jumped out to a early 12-4 lead and never looked back and are out to a 75-61 victory over Southern Miss, giving them their first conference loss of the season. With the win, the Cajuns improved to 11-4 and 1-2 in the Sun Belt Conference. Kentrell Garnett, a former walk-on, hit 7 out of 10 from the field, including 6 three-pointers en route to a career-high 20 points. Leader for Southern Miss was DeAndre Pickney with 21 on 8-of-14 shooting. This was a game for the Cajuns that, you know, you desperately needed a win because, James, as you know, when you only play about 16 conference games, if you start 0-3, that is not it's optimal. Not, it's not looking good. That is not optimal. So... Cajuns were desperate for a win last night. They got a great performance when they needed one. Again, you know Jordan Brown w- was kind of slowed by Southern Miss. That was obviously you know their game plan. He finished with eight points on two of seven shooting. Uh, he went four of six from the free throw line. He had eight rebounds on the night as well. But you know you look at the the guard play. control Garnett with twenty. Famous Folks with seventeen. You even had Greg Williams chip in with eight on on an off night from him. Jalen Dowcourt had seven off the bench. Joe Charles had seven off the bench as well. So you got you got decent performances from from guys that you might not always get great performances from and, and then you had two guards that really you know stepped up for you with, with Folks and Garnett combining for half uh, of the team's points. on the night, the Cajuns out rebounded Southern Miss as well. At one point, James, it was a game where you know, the Cajuns jumped out to, I, I want to say they had a 14-point lead at one point, and then Southern Miss cut it to five. And then the Cajuns had to, to spread it out again. And, and it just went back and forth like that, and, and there were some stretches where you thought Southern Miss would come all the way back and then the Cajuns were able to just score when they needed to 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 get the whim. At one point, the Cajuns had gone four minutes without a bucket.
2: It's not a good drought to have.
1: Yeah, no, the, you, you'd gone like four minutes without scoring. And, and in that stretch, and then there was another stretch where they turned the ball over on five, it was five straight possessions that they had turned the ball over. But the defense on the other end was so fantastic that of those five turnovers, Southern Miss didn't score on them. Got zero points off those turnovers. So, you know, again, good performance right when you needed it for the Cajuns. And now sitting at 11-4, and four, they've got a rivalry game with Georgia State tomorrow night inside the Cajun Dome. Since 2014, that game has been considered a rivalry because it feels like they always meet up either in the championship or in the tournament. And uh, it's just been a a great game every time they meet up. So definitely looking forward to that one inside the Cajun Dome tomorrow night, tip-off set for 7 o'clock. Bob Marlin, Kentrell Garnett, and Famous Folks met with the media after the game last night. Famous Folks, in his first season with Louisiana, put it simply, my job is to make plays.
4: Nah, my, uh, my role on the team is just to make plays. So whether that's me catching shooting, whether that's me penetrating, I mean, guys on the team had it going today, so why not penetrate, get Trill some threes, get G some threes? I mean, just whatever the team needs.
1: Folks currently leads the Sunbelt Conference in assists. Control Garnett, again, career-high 20 points. He was asked what was the mindset of the team heading into the game last night.
4: We talked about before the game, Coach Case talked about um, – being desperate, especially on defense, you know, because we didn't guard too well in the road, so we, were, we needed a win. It was a must-win game for us, so our mindset in practice, we had two good practices, and then we played hard today, so that was the biggest thing for us, just playing harder than we have been, especially defensive.
1: Bob Marlin also called this the biggest win of the season for the Cajuns.
5: Yeah, for sure, because it's tonight, Seth. You know, it's the next game. But no, I, I, I think you're right. This conference home opener. I thought we played really well against Sanford too, just two games ago at home, right? right. And so, uh, really proud of the effort tonight. I thought our defense was outstanding early and held them to seven field goals in the first half. And you know, Crowley got in thirty. He was player of the week, and I thought Kentrell Garnett did a nice job on him. Uh, and then Haas, Greg Williams out there guarding Haas. You saw how big that, that kid is. And uh, he's a load. He played, what, 38 minutes tonight and had maybe nine points and three rebounds. So I thought we did a fantastic job on him. We knew Pinckney was capable. He had a good night. Uh, but really proud of our defense from start to finish, and which, which makes it a, a really good win for us. Joe and Jalen, both probably didn't stat great. But they, they both had big plays in the game and played well. And this game had a little different flow to it. You know, we, we couldn't get the ball to Jordan. We were trying. Uh, and they were pressing the whole game. We were able to score some off their press. Uh, and then Kobe, same thing in the first half. We looked to play him in the second half. We had a group out there that was playing well defensively and uh, just didn't, didn't think that we needed him in that situation. But the next one would be totally different. So you may have two other guys coming in here next.
1: Man, I thought he was done. I was I was ready to ask my question. Coach. <laughs>
5: I thought he was done. I was I was
1: chomping at the bit to ask my question. Coach, if you don't mind, I I do have a question.
4: Oh my god.
1: With the win again, the Cajuns improved to eleven and four and will play Georgia State tomorrow night inside the Cajun Dome. Meanwhile, the Cajun women falling in Hattiesburg to Southern Miss by one point. The Cajuns were up one, went to the free throw line with 15 seconds left, had the opportunity to make it a three-point game, missed both free throws, and Southern Miss would score on the other end to walk away with a forty-four to forty-three victory in that one. Tamara Johnson led the Cajuns with nine points while Bracey led the way for the Eagles with 16. We'll take a timeout here on Crunch Time, and when we return, Dawson Iserlow joins us to discuss the Saints and Panthers inside the Caesar Superdome for the final time in the 2022 season right here on The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home. For the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.
0: You're listening to The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside. The receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: 434 right now let's talk some saints here on crunch time but to start with that i want to talk a little about FanDuel because one of the things i love about betting on the nfl is that i'm always finding new players or game props that i like and what's cool about FanDuel sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout perfect for sunday saints panthers game i'm gonna take an alvin kamara anytime touchdown the under on total points scored and then the saints money line same game parlays is just one of the reasons why i bet with FanDuel. it's easy to register easy to deposit, and then it's super simple to find your bet. And when you win, Fandle will pay you your winnings fast. No feeling like There's no feeling like nailing a same-game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're new to Fandle, just sign up with promo code KLWB for your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with Fandle, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable free, best that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandall.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP.
1: Man. Bravo, James Mesh.
2: Oh, that's when we need a a hand clap uh, soundtrack. A,
1: A little slow clap. No, but then we have, like, the crowd one, we're like, Whoa,
2: yeah! oh, yeah!
1: Well, just record that. Just keep that. No, we're not keeping that oh, one. Okay. <laughs> Dawson, eyes What's going on, bud? How are you? Doing well, Matt. How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. You know, it's it's hard to, to be excited about the final game of the season where it really doesn't matter. But, you know, the, the, there's a Saints game on Sunday, so... You know what are your what are your thoughts heading into to the game against Carolina? Yeah, well,
6: like you said, it, it's a little bit tough. Of course, the Saints went into last week still with some hope, knew some things had to go their way, but unfortunately, uh, nothing really did. I'll say this at least: the Saints have a chance to avoid losing double digit games. Haven't lost double digit games since '05. That was uh, the last year of Jim Hazlitt and Aaron Brooks. They went three and thirteen that season. So, uh, if anything, wanting to avoid a stat that hasn't happened in a long time and trying to get that eighth win of the season. But, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, there's a couple of guys to watch for that are playing for contracts. I mean, I think an interesting one is Andy Dalton. Whether he returns here or not, I wouldn't expect him to, but he's a guy who's still trying to maybe get one one last contract elsewhere. Marcus Davenport's had a disappointing season. He's a guy who's going to be wanting to make an impact. So, you know, it's almost similar to a preseason game um, in that these guys are... Still trying to you know whether retain their roster spots or get spots elsewhere and um, other than that again there's no draft pick at stake for the first round at least with the Saints so losing this game doesn't necessarily help you the way it would in some years so I guess you go out and just hope that they play well and kind of continue to build momentum towards next season
2: and not only players kind of having contracts expiring but also the Saints potentially kind of playing some young guys like Kind of seeing what, Eno Benjamin can do because we only saw him get three touches and he was kind of out there for a few plays and you did see some explosion. So seeing players like him try to prove like, hey, I could be a reliable running back and I could be like the RB2 behind Kamara or starting Trevor Penny at left tackle the whole game instead of him being just a regular jumbo tight end for run game purposes.
6: Yeah, and, and I would expect you to see a little bit of that. I'd imagine the veterans, you know, Cam Jordan and those guys, if they're healthy, they're going to play, but maybe on some limited snap counts, of course, trying to keep them healthy going into the off season. Um, You know, Paulson Debo has been ruled out, so in the secondary you should, could see some of those younger guys as well, of course. The Saints have played some younger guys uh, in the secondary all season just due to a variety of injuries. So, yeah, and I think, you know, Benjamin's an interesting one. We've kind of talked, you know, I've been on here a couple times talking about the running back room. That's an area that the Saints really do need to revamp in the offseason. Alvin Kamara is still a really good player, but he needs some help. That kind of became obvious. So is Benjamin a part of that? Um, Do you need to really focus on bringing some guys in? I think uh, some people around New Orleans would maybe love to see Ty J. Spears from the Tulane Green Wave come in with some of the plays he made in the Cotton Bowl the other day. But, yeah, I think running back's a spot to look out for in the offseason. It definitely needs to be addressed. And uh, maybe you have some guys that are on the roster that are going to make an impact, but maybe you have to go elsewhere.
1: And you know, Dawson, one guy you just brought up is Paulson Adebo, who's, who's going to be out in this game. Obviously, there is such thing as sophomore slump, but there's sophomore slumps, and then there's the season that Paulson Adebo had. I mean, from from having such a great rookie year to falling as far as he did this year, I mean, what's the what, what's the conversation like surrounding him? heading into 2023?
6: Yeah, no, I mean, look, Adebo. I think he was a lot better last year, but I do think, you know, he had a difficult set of circumstances this year. For one, he battled injuries. Again, we mentioned he's out this week. Um, so it never felt like he was really 100%. Another thing that hurt him, I think, is Marshawn Lattimore missed much of the season. So you have to realize, of course, when Lattimore is playing opposite, he's taking the best receiver week in and week out. So with Lattimore missing so many games, obviously Adebo had to kind of be that guy on number one receivers, and you know maybe he's just not quite there in his development. So I think, yeah, the numbers are going to look a little bit worse than they did in his first year, but I think there's some surrounding factors that contributed to that, and I still think he can be a part of this team's plans moving forward. Um, now you do have Vellante Taylor, who kind of emerged and played a little bit better than Adebo at times this year. So maybe it becomes a battle for that number two corner spot going into next season, and Maybe one of them's playing elsewhere. I do think Adebo still factors into your future.
2: You had mentioned running back being kind of like a high priority, but you would say definitely at this point, Jameis Winston with Sean Payton, probably not coming back to the Saints. You're probably just going to stick with Dennis Allen. You're bound to look for another quarterback.
6: Yeah, and, and that's where it gets really interesting because of the way that it took place this year. I think... Um, A lot of Saints fans certainly thought there was a point where you could have let Jameis play again, um, and Dennis Allen didn't choose to do that. So, you know, Andy Dalton did some things well. I don't think anyone really thought he was your long-term plan anyway. Um, I do think the Saints are going to look around. Um, Derek Carr is a name to monitor. Now, the problem with Derek Carr and some of those other guys is that if they're not released, then they're going to have to be traded for. And the Saints just don't have a ton of assets to give up with of course, the lack of draft picks is certainly a factor. So, you know, it doesn't appear that Jameis is going to be coming back based on the fact that the Saints didn't give him a chance. Um, other, than, I mean, who who's really available? That's what it comes down to. Again, you don't have a first-round pick, so you're not going to be able to bring in one of those highly touted prospects like Bryce Young. So who's available and who does Dennis Allen think uh, can lead this team next year? Other than that, we could end up seeing Andy Dalton back if they kind of Strike out elsewhere in the market
2: this might be a little early but I mean you mentioned Derek Carr and they could very easily release him because his dead cap isn't all that high so it'll be a lot easier to absorb and depending on what happens with the 49ers you may see Jimmy G move on as well let's say both of those are both available who would you rather as the quarterback between those two
6: Uh, Given Carr and Garoppolo, I would rather Derek Carr. Um, I think he's a guy who's shown you a little bit more upside and has also never really been in great situations offensively, except maybe going back to very early on in his career. Um, I think with Derek Carr coming in, you have to pair him with the right coordinator. Um, I think a lot of Saints fans maybe expect the Saints to move on from Pete Carmichael in the offseason. We will see. That's yet to be determined. Um, But if you bring in Derek Carr, maybe bringing someone with him that he's familiar with, um, and someone who can kind of design the offense around him, I think is one of your best bets. Um, the interesting thing, too, about a quarterback coming in is the Saints are maybe a little bit more attractive than they were a couple of years ago because of the emergence at receiver. You now have guys like Chris Olave, Rasheed Shahid. Um, so a quarterback can maybe come in and, and have a little bit of confidence, whereas in the past with that room being being pretty depleted, it wasn't as attractive as a, as a spot for quarterbacks.
1: Dawson Izerloh of the Dome Zone podcast joining us here on Crunch Time you know, you brought up Alave and you brought up Shahid. The the Michael Thomas in situation is interesting to look at. Uh, you know, fans have talked about, oh, you know, it's time to trade him, time to move on from him. From him, not really sure how you could do that, considering he hasn't been on the field in two years. But you know, hypothetically, say Michael Thomas is healthy, heading into 2023, what kind of role can he have back in this New Orleans offense?
6: Well, the thing with Thomas is whenever he's played, there really hasn't been much of a doubt
1: of his ability. I mean, even
6: when he came back this year, he came back and got involved and still you know, mostly looked like Michael Thomas. I don't think you're ever going to get the player that you got a few years ago with Drew Brees and him you know, setting reception records and things like that. But if he's healthy and he's willing to play, um, I think he has a great spot in this offense. And you have a guy like Chris Olave to kind of take the top off of defenses, Rashid Shahid playing in the slot. There's a lot of guys around Michael Thomas that would make his life easier. So from that perspective, yeah, no, I think if he's willing to play and come back and he is healthy and everything works out, uh, you could have a really dangerous receiving core. Now, again, we go back to what we've just talked have to have a guy who can get them the ball, um, and that becomes extremely important. But, yeah, the Saints, you know, it's crazy how things turn around so quickly in some areas because we were talking about the lack of receiver talent all year last year, and now it feels like one of the real strengths moving forward.
1: You know, one conversation that a lot of people don't want to have, Dawson, as you head into an offseason is, you know, what moves are you going to have to make that the fans probably won't like? You know, a a cap shed or or whatever it may be. In your opinion, who could you see, you know, that's maybe a fan favorite that that might not return to New Orleans next year?
6: Well, he was a fan favorite at one time, but I think, uh, some people maybe not as favorable of Mark Ingram, given his play this season. But I think he's a guy that you might move on from. Um, I don't know if he's going to retire or if he wants to continue to play. But of course, injuries kind of hampered him as well. Um, you know, other than that, it, it's interesting because the Saints have been in such a unique cap situation for so many years. Of course, you know the Loomis economic situation and all the things that he's able to do with the cap um, kind of make things unique. But there are some guys that are going to have to have decisions made. Um, and whether that's some of your veteran defensive leaders or some of these young offensive players, um, I think they'll do their best to keep those guys around. But yeah, it's definitely possible that some of the uh, bigger names of this roster aren't going to be around next season.
1: Looking ahead to Sunday, the matchup with Carolina, you know, Sam Darnold more than likely going to get the start for Carolina. Just kind of talk about what the Saints can do to avenge the loss to Carolina from earlier in the year and finish the season on a four-game win streak?
6: Yeah, Sam Darnold another one of those guys who we've talked about trying to create a future for himself in this league. Of course, a guy who was originally a first-round, very high draft pick of the Jets, um, has come to Carolina. Then there was the Baker Mayfield situation where he becomes the backup. He's now the starter. It's been a long season for Sam Darnold, and he's actually played pretty well down the stretch. He's been a little bit up and down. The Panthers, of course, Had a chance to possibly win the division if they'd have beat Tampa last week and then beaten the Saints on Sunday. Um, That didn't work out, but Sam Darnold's still a guy who's trying to prove some things. So I think for the Saints, you know, it's going to be a task. And some of those younger guys on defense we talked about that are going to get a chance. um, It's a chance for them to kind of step up and show up. I think, look, Cam Jordan's another guy who's had a fantastic finish to the season. He seems to be a guy who always picks it up in the second half for whatever reason. So if he's able to get some pressure on Darnold and force him into mistakes, that's kind of been where Darnold struggled throughout his career. Um, and if you do that, you'll have a chance to maybe get a win and, and get your record back to 8-9 and nine and finish the season on a nice winning streak.
1: Dawson Izerloh joining us here on Crunch Time. Dawson, appreciate you as always. Man, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk again soon.
6: All right. Thanks, Matt.
1: And there he goes, Dawson Iserlow of the Dome Zone Podcast. Now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you can now use it to listen to the game. Just ask Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana. Do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you, your office, your home, and everywhere you go. We'll take a timeout, wrap up hour number one after this. Here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and world champion Houston Astros.
0: Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Welcome back to Crunch Time. 4.51, about to be 4.52 on the clock. As we're wrapping up hour number one, let's go over a big game that happened down in Lake Chuck last night, Matt. I mean... The McNeese men's and women's basketball teams both got wins over Northwestern, and with someone very special in the house. Yeah, you know,
1: again, like I said, there was there was this era uh, of Detroit Pistons basketball. It's kind of hard to you know jog my memory. The, the the bad boys, maybe, you know, bad boy Pistons. I mean, maybe may, maybe that was something. I, I'm not sure. And, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he, he was a part of it. So, so some guy named Joe Dumars was a part of it, apparently. I mean. <laughs> all all joking, of course. But. but, man, with with him being
2: there, it kind of felt like players kind of had a little bit more, more motivation to be like, hey, we got to show out for this one. And uh, during postgame, John Aiken had kind of talked about the emotions a little bit and kind of like the whatnots of, you know, just having a legendary
4: player of that program there in attendance. Uh, just an unbelievable opportunity and so for me it was hard at the beginning of the game not get too caught up in the emotions of the of the moment Um, and same for my guys I was worried that they might make the moment too big and they didn't you know they came out and they really executed, especially early I mean really good but I challenged our fan base before the game Uh, I challenged our guys we have to find a way to have this kind of atmosphere as many nights as possible I mean it's great to do it one time with Joe and it helps that we won, especially the way that we did. But we need to do it again on Saturday. We need to put a product on the floor that uh, creates this type of environment. Uh, because if we continue to win with the tournament coming here in March, we should have more nights like this. And this place can be a really special place to play. And uh, it's, a, it's an unbelievable job. And so I'm really thankful that the, that the night went the way it did, that we played how we played, uh, that we honored Joe in the way that we did. It was awesome.
1: Joe Dumars Court at the Legacy Center man and, and you know it, it, it's crazy and I guess it's just because you know when you're a kid you don't realize you know that that you know certain players came from a,
2: a certain schools right like like yeah i didn't I didn't know until kind of recently a few years ago that Ryan Clark was from lSU right didn't didn't realize that oh I didn't realize Jake DeLone was from u l uh, when I first had heard about Jake Delome, didn't know Stokely was a was a Cajun as well as a Como Spartan like me, so
1: I was like Correct. Well <laughs> big Stokes. That's that's twofold. But no, um it wasn't until high school when I realized that Joe Dumars went to McNeese because when I was in high school our, our high school basketball team played in the top twenty eight in Lake Charles and I'm looking up in the rafters and there's a there's a retired number for Dumars and I was like Wait, like Joe Dumars? So I Googled it, and sure enough, Joe Joe Dumars went to make Peanut this. Tillman. Yeah, like he's that a, that one really Asian.
2: that one was a really big. I was like, cause go like whenever I was first kind of like volunteering for the football team, whenever I was first at UL, kind of s- seeing that and them having the big mural of all the former players that were kind of big names in the NFL or that at least made it. Right. I was like Peanut Tillman, Ike Taylor,
1: what the? Yep. What's going on? Both of them are Cajuns.
2: What am I missing out on?
1: Orlando Thomas too. Yeah, Orlando Thomas as well. Orlando Thomas is from Crowtown. Town. Rep- represent. We, we we love we love a good Crow Town. Shout out shout out Crowley by the way. Uh, John Aiken also was asked what it felt like to be two and O in conference.
4: I put it on the back of our T shirts that we handed out in June. Championship expectations, and the only way you do that is going one and O as many times as possible. And so we talked about tonight was a championship game. I mean, coach Mike Moynihan does our scouts uh, for personnel, and he's one of the last coaches to talk to the team before I do. And he said, let's cut down the nets tonight because that's our mentality. We want every game to feel like a championship level game. Um, And so through two games, we're 2-0. We have to go 1-0 again on Saturday, and we need to continue to stack. I hope, I really hope Lake Charles, uh, McNeese saw what tonight was, the atmosphere. Yes, it was about Joe, uh, and it was great to honor him, but we have a really exciting team. We have a great brand of basketball that's exciting to watch. Um, students should be coming back into town, come out on Saturday and support us. We need this place to get rocking like it was in 2020. Um, and we at least deserve it one more time because of what happened tonight. So I hope that it pays off for us. And we we continue to gain some momentum, but it's great to be two and zero. But I am a little greedy, and I do want to get better. Uh, and hopefully, it's nice to learn from winning. Uh, we'll have some film that we can learn from winning, but we do need to learn. And um, it's a great position to be in, but not satisfied by any means.
1: McNeese getting a, a much needed win now sits at five and ten in conference play, and they will host Texas A and M Commerce tomorrow inside the Legacy Center at Joe Dumars Court. Congratulations to Joe Dumars, by the way. What a outstanding accomplishment to have your old court named after you. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Hour number one's in the books. Hour number two, we'll kick it off with Jake's Takes right here on the game. It's Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, and it's your home for the LSU Fighting Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked, locked in. in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game.
4: 1037
0: Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hour number two of Crunch Time here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. You know, there's this, there's this trend going around of these ginormously large hats that just look so dumb apparently the the company was started on shark tank the the name of the hat it's a noggin boss That that's the name of the company noggin boss these suckers are 75 dollars it's a really big hat it's a lot of material I saw a Georgia player wearing it after they beat Ohio State, he had a, and it just said dogs across it. Mm-hmm. Like, who bought that? You probably did. You probably have an NIL deal with the company. So they had one made for you. But, like, why? What's the point? It's funny. It's comically I'm big. A, I'm a man with a big head, and I think that looks dumb. Well, it would make your head look small. Well, probably. But, like... It it just looks it doesn't even look comfortable to wear, but whatever. We 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 got more important things to get to. It's time for Jake's takes with our guy Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company. Jake, what's going on, bud? How are you?
3: Man, I'm doing great, guys. I mean, is there really anything that's truly more important than big hats though? I
1: mean, what what are your what's your take on those on the big hats?
3: Uh high IQ play by the inventor. Uh, you know, it's it's something I'm sure that they probably didn't even think was going to work, and then all of a sudden you wake up and, and you're talking to Mark Cuban on Char- uh, Shark Tank. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it would be like a gag gift or like something you find at Spencer's or something like that. I think it's just, you know, the longevity of its success, we'll see, but, you know, congrats.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you're making money, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, the top story in sports this week, Jake has obviously been... Damar Hamlin getting more great news today that he was able to FaceTime and talk with the Bills team during their team meeting this morning. From where we were Monday night to now, I mean, what what a whirlwind of emotions for everyone to, to watch this story unfold. But obviously the, the main point is uh, continued great news has just been a blessing the last couple of days.
3: Yeah, you know it's it's one of those things. I mean, I, I believe in the power of prayer. You know, I think this is is one of those situations uh, where you know we've seen the worst part of the sport and and then the best part of the sport. But the thing that's obviously at the forefront and, and the thing that matters the most is that DeMar Hamlin is obviously turning in a fantastic direction. Uh, so glad to see that. I mean, life and death compared to a game, we we know it's really nothing, but. You know, guys, when, when it comes down to, to situations like this, and I've watched football, I'm 33 years old. I, I, I've watched it since I can remember being able to look at stuff and then remember it, uh, and I've never seen anything like that. You know, I, I don't want it. I, I was one of the things that worried me is that if you're somebody that, you know, it, is there going to be this growing resentment towards football, and you're seeing that in some places. I mean, you see what they said on The View and other things like that, but those people really don't know the game. My, my thing is – you always try and make the game safer. You're always going to be attempting to do that. But the same reason the game is as risky and potentially dangerous as it is is the same reason we love it so much and why it's so popular. And the higher you go in this game, the more physical and the faster it gets. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something where I, I hope that, that people kind of understand that this is an anomaly. But, again, the most important part is that DeMar is feeling better and, and it could have been a much more tragic situation.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Hopefully, he can uh, he can put on some football pads and, and play once again in twenty twenty three. Before that, though, this past weekend the playoff semifinals took place in Atlanta and Glendale. What were your thoughts on those two games with Georgia and TCU getting ready to play for a national title?
3: Yeah, well, I you know I I, I picked TCU to win, including on this show, I believe. And uh, look, here's here's what I do know. Ohio, Georgia was a better team than Ohio State overall. Michigan was a better team than TCU overall, in my opinion, even though TCU won the game. That can be true. Some people don't believe that. If TCU and Michigan played ten times, Michigan would probably win seven or eight of them, but they don't play ten times. They play one time. When, when you, for a month, get told that there is nothing that motivates an 18- to 22-year-old red-blooded American male then being told that you're not the alpha or you're not physical enough or, or you're too soft compared to them as men. Your manhood is questioned. You can talk about your offense isn't that good. Or You guys are, are you struggle with athleticism. But the minute you say you're soft, like we heard, you know, even J.J. McCarthy from Michigan said, you know, if they run the 3-3-5, it's going to be a smash fest. That's the last thing you want to insult or put on the bulletin board because that has been – been bred in us for hundreds and thousands of years as men. Like, that's the biggest insult you can give us. So when you give ultra-competitive, very in-shape and talented young men that type of motivation, I'm not surprised that TCU beat Michigan. I'm not surprised that Ohio State and Georgia was that close. Now, when you look at this game and you look at Georgia and TCU, that presents a totally different matchup. And, yeah, TCU caught some breaks. But I tell you what, man, both those teams brought the physicality because it was questioned.
1: Now, you know, we'll obviously do picks, you know, at the end of this segment, but your thoughts on the the national championship game between TCU and Georgia?
3: You know, when I look at Georgia, you're not sneaking up on Georgia, right? I think TCU somewhat snuck up, like I said, on Michigan a little bit. Not a ton, but enough to, to make a difference. Georgia's coming off a subpar performance, But it wasn't like they just ran through the regular season and everything was just daisies, rainbows, and lollipops. I mean, they struggled against Kent State, almost lost on the road at Missouri. So when I look at Georgia, they don't care about who they're playing. It's more about them. I think this game will be close after the first quarter, but Georgia's not going to make the crucial mistakes in crucial situations, including the red zone early in the game. That is going to allow, allow TCU to really deep down believe they can be in this game. I think by the time we hit ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter, uh, George is going to be pretty far up.
1: Let's make some picks, Jake. Chiefs and Raiders tomorrow inside the Death Star.
3: And I like the over in this game. Uh, I, I like the Chiefs to win. I thought Jared Stidham did a really really good job last week, but they, you know they're going to be they're going to be somewhat let down coming off the way it ended last week uh, in overtime, as we saw uh, the Chiefs. Uh, You know, Patrick Mahomes and them still fighting for for that number one seed. So, you know, they're not going to lay down. Uh, Give me the Chiefs.
1: Titans and Jags in a game that we certainly didn't think would be as important as it is.
3: No, I I mean, what Doug Peterson and Jacksonville has done uh, over these last four or five weeks has been unbelievably impressive. Trevor Lawrence isn't making the same mistakes in big situations as he was early and at the end of the game. The Titans, you just offensively, you don't have enough. Uh, Derrick Henry's an unbelievable player, but this is the NFL. They're going to be keying on him like a fat kid on a cupcake. They don't have players on the outside that are ready yet. Traylon Burks is really the only one I deep down believe in. Robert Woods' time is coming to a close. Uh Akine's not a bad player, but he's not someone you want to have to be depending on to be able to win the game. And look, Josh Dobbs, I think he'll go in there and make good decisions. I don't think he'll be able to make enough elite plays for the Titans to win this one on the road. I think the Jags win the AFC South.
1: Panthers and Saints in a game where neither team can make the playoffs and half of their fans don't even want to watch it.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, this is this is like a, kind of a preseason game. After the first couple drives, you're just, you know, trying to get through it, making sure you, you live out what you're supposed to do on the contract and be a professional. Uh, give me the Panthers. I mean, they've been playing better. Uh, the Saints, you know, wouldn't beat the Eagles. That 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 shocked me, even with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, especially the way they were able to sit on the ball. But give me the Panthers.
1: Patriots and Bills. Can can the Bills res- respond in a big way and get a win over the Patriots?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I would not want to be playing the Bills next after what happened. Uh, I mean, that team is going to come out. You know, you're always motivated, but obviously obviously there's a little extra in this one. Give me the Bills by whatever the spread is and maybe a field goal more.
1: Ravens and Bengals.
3: Well, no, Lamar Jackson and the Bengals are going to be ready to go, too. Uh, I, I just don't see a way in which the Ravens are going to be able to, even if Huntley plays well, I don't see a way in which the Ravens are going to be able to score enough points in this game uh, to to not only win it but keep it close. Uh, give me give me Joey B and the Bengals,
1: the Jets and the Dolphins in a game where the Dolphins cool. desperately need a win to make the playoffs.
3: Yeah, I just don't trust guys named Skyler. Uh, I think the Jets find a way. Robert Sala. I know they're out of it. I know it's been a disappointment with Zach Wilson. But the Dolphins at quarterback, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to come on here and just make fun of the kid. But, look, I mean, you're, I just don't trust you. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, I, I don't trust people named Skyler and people that you can fit a cereal box in their smile. I just don't do it.
1: Browns and Steelers. If the Steelers win, Mike Tomlin's winning season streak continues.
3: Yeah, but they're all, they also have a chance to make the playoffs. And I kind of like the way the position they're in for, the, for what has to happen. A couple teams have to lose, but – I think they just might. Uh, I love the future of the Steelers with Pickett and Pickens and Najee Harris, that three-headed monster. Deontay Johnson's got a lot of witch in him. Uh, they're in the slot. They're going to do nothing but build around on that team. Uh, give me the Steelers.
1: Eagles and Giants, where, the, where Philly is a 14-point favorite.
3: Yeah, well, the Giants, I mean, they're locked into the sixth seed, so why would we get anybody hurt? I, I would literally be playing like the, the towel boy off off when, when Michigan tried to do it, when the water boy was having all that success down there at SCLSU, uh, close to you guys. But um, uh, I, I like the Eagles. The, again, you want to be playing well going into the playoffs. The Eagles still have to try and lock up that number one seed. So you want to get a little momentum back that you've lost over the last couple weeks after losing that shootout against the Cowboys, and then obviously that you know, whatever you want to attempt to call it, last Saturday against the lowly Saints.
1: See, people never believe me, Jake, when I say that SCLSU is a real place.
3: It is. I mean, it's it's a legitimate place. Now, there's no Ponchatoula High School in Southwest Louisiana. All right, we all know that that uh, that the Waterboy cheated on that, but there is an SCLSU.
1: <laughs> Cardinals and Niners.
3: Oh, give me the Niners! Ugh, bloodbath. The Cardinals are just a disaster, right? They couldn't win an inner squad game right now. Give me the Forty Niners. Hey, how about Brock Purdy? By the way, I tell you what, boys, Brock's Brock's got some Dumbledore in him.
1: Cowboys and Commanders, and you know, b- before you b- make that pick, actually, the the Brock Purdy thing, spot on. I mean, Mister Irrelevant coming in after two major injuries to the other two quarterbacks and then playing Man, well. Look.
3: You're kidding me. Look, what. Bl- I told Blaine after the first two weeks, I was like, i tell you what, man, I, I think Brock Purdy is actually really good. And he's like, man, there's not enough sample size, not enough sample size. I'm like, look, the dude came in cold off the bench, played well and won, knew he was the starter the next game at home, play uh, or on the road at Tampa Bay and won. Third game at home, knows he's the starter, wins the, I mean, all the dude is doing is going out there, making good decisions and winning games.
1: Cowboys commanders.
3: And after seeing the commander's new mascot and the fact they thought that letting Carson Wentz do anything that involved success uh, was, was going to, um, uh, you know, work out for the commanders. I mean, again, I don't trust the new major, Tutty. I feel like that's the, the, pig, from the, pig, uh, the pig from Piggly Wiggly. Uh, so, no, yeah, I, I just don't believe in the commanders. By the way, I don't think it was Ponchatoula High School. It was something else from the Waterboy. There actually is the Ponchatoula High School.
1: Lions and Packers on Sunday night.
3: Yeah, this is a great game. The Lions, Dan Campbell. How do you not root for the Lions? Jared Goff, the gumball smuggler back there, just resurrecting his career, having huge games. But Green Bay's figured it out. Uh, a lot of it is the defense in the run game. I like the one-two punch of Aaron, jo- uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Give me the Packers at home. Aaron Rodgers going to pull the wand out. Patronus, Petronas. we won by seven.
1: Now you brought up Dan Campbell, and you know how you could, how could you not cheer for the Lions? The real question, Jake, is how did the Saints not realize that Sean Payton's time was running out and keep Dan Campbell on staff for him to take over as head coach?
3: I, I don't know. It's a great question, but look, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I mean, it always is, except when you hire Dennis Allen. I knew that wasn't going to work out from the start. Everybody knew that
1: well apparently the saints did not but jake crane joining us for jake's takes each and every friday oh before we forget national championship game who wins it
3: oh give me georgia man i just tcu has been a great story but you know so is hansel and gretel and little red riding hood and we all know how that turned out but uh yeah i like georgia by at least 10.
1: jake crane joining us for jake's takes jake appreciate you have a good weekend enjoy the game and uh, we'll talk again soon my friend
3: all right, guys, y'all be good.
1: And there he goes, Jake Crane, the host of Crane and Company. J- James, they started a new thing on the show today. They now take live calls. You can you can now call in to Crane and Company every morning. How how fun is that? I mean, obviously, you know, we're listening to RP Three and Company, but you know, have them you, both going on at you, the same if time. You, <laughs> if you want to do some dual action, I mean, you know. So some people can hear different things out of each ear. I'm not that way, but you know some people are. Uh, update the poll question: Do the Pelicans get a big win versus the Nets tonight in the blender? So far, 46% say heck yeah. 54% say the Nets offense is just too good. We'll preview that game, and James and I will make our picks for the weekend next right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and it is your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston
0: Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time, 521 here on your Friday, interesting tidbit here. You know how you, you hear people talk about, um, you know, looking out for your family in, in your contract negotiations when you're a star athlete. Derek Rose, when he was negotiating with Adidas, he negotiated that Adidas would pay his brother a quarter of a million dollars a year and his best friend fifty to 75000 per year. Derek Rose looking out for his people. Pretty solid. Let's go to the game hotline. T, what's up?
3: Hey, what's on going on? Huh? How are you, sir? Good. Oh no, very good. I'm a proud first time grandpa.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Uh,
3: to a little beautiful, handsome man called his name is Tate, and uh, he shares uh, his birthday with a. Very, very famous person.
1: Yeah, who's that?
3: Ben Love.
1: Ben Love. We love. We we love some Ben Love around
3: here, huh?
1: We love some Ben Love around here.
3: Oh, so do I. But anyway, I don't have much time, so uh, give me a question. Well, I know it's early, and they have all these polls that come out and all that. So here's my my question. How does LSU do next year in football? I'll hang up and listen, my guy. T appreciate Love you,
1: Congratulations! congrats on the grandbaby. That's fantastic. Thank you, buddy. How does LSU do in football next year? Hmm. I'm going to say that they go ten and two again. Win the West again. Win the SEC championship. And lose in the playoff semifinal. That's my way too early prediction. Now, that prediction will probably change between now and August. But, right now, if I had to answer what I think they would do. I, I think they make it to the playoff and just fall short in the semifinal. Uh, they they get matched up with, you know, Ohio State or something like that and just fall a little bit short. Um, but, you know, uh, another great season for, for LSU and Brian Kelly. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, another LSU sport that we're all looking forward to is baseball. Preseason number one team in the country. They're going to be fun to watch. Dylan Cruz was hitting bombs last year, and now you got Tommy Tanks. Oh, man, LSU baseball. All, all I'm saying is if you are a fan of catching home run balls, you might want to go sit in left field because they are going to be rocking out of the box this summer. Uh, the Cajuns going to have a great season as well uh, in, inside the Teague. They they have most of their talent back from last season, including Carson Rockefort and Max Marshak and Julian Brock as well. So uh, they're looking to to build off that regional appearance in College Station from this past summer. James, let's make some picks. Shall we, sir? Let's go for it. Chiefs and Raiders inside the Death Star in Vegas. I call it the Death Star because if you look at it close enough, kind of looks like it from Star Wars. But uh, the Chiefs, if with a win, one, it seed, one seed in the AFC. Who wins? Oh. Who wins? Mahomes. Mahomey. The, the Mahomey? Mahomey. Travis Kelsey. Speaking speaking of the Mahomey, you and I are sneakerheads. We, yeah. We, 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 we like our tennis shoes, right? I
2: haven't, I haven't bought any in a while, but yeah, I got quite a few.
1: Patrick Mahomes' tennis shoe uh-huh. with Adidas? Hideous. Hideous? It's hideous. Like, the, the colors are, are, are fine. It's whatever. Just like the design of the, it's hideous. I just had to throw that out there. So you're oh, going now, with the Chiefs?
2: Yes. Now can now can now I'm, I want to see.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm going with the Chiefs as well. I mean the Raiders have been struggling.
2: Is it the ones where it kind of just looks like teeth?
1: Yeah. They're they're bad. They're okay. They're bad. They're bad.
2: Not something I would wear on the court, but that that's fine.
1: Um. Outside of Josh Jacobs, the Raiders have been bad, and, and now
2: and uh, well, well. To be fair, to be fair, Jared Siddham looked pretty good, and Devontae Adams
1: is still doing really well, good. It is Devontae Adams. He's gonna do good as long as the quarterback is competent enough to put the ball in his hands. Devontae Adams is gonna do the rest. But the the fact that we have to sit here and say, well, you know, Jared Stidham did pretty good
2: for for what oh. we expected, and in and, and that's completely the same way with Josh Jacobs because we thought either they were gonna release him, cut him, thought they maybe they trade him for this season because we thought looking at the signs, why are you starting if if he's like you're supposed to like number one back? Why are you starting him for that long in the Hall of Fame game? And like quite a bit throughout the whole oh, yeah. preseason. There were, Why is he there? There were,
1: there were major concerns about what the Raiders were doing with Josh Jacobs. But uh, clearly it's paid dividends with, with 1,600 yards on the season. He said, Daniels, give me the ball.
2: We're not going to win, watch, but watch, give me the ball. Watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. And boy, is
1: he proved me wrong. The Titans and the Jags. Oh, boy. Dougie P, Mikey V... The AFC South on the line. Who wins this one?
2: So no Ryan Tannehill. You're going to bring in Josh J- Josh Dobbs again. You're you going to actually have Derrick Henry this get time. get Derrick Henry. It's very interesting. Give me the Jags. It, because with, with the Titans, they haven't played in a while. They haven't played since last Thursday. Not last night, last Thursday. So they've had a lot more time to prepare for this game than the Jags have. So I think it's gonna be really close. I think Derrick Henry gives you a really big boost. Second time Josh Dobbs is gonna be starting under center. It is gonna be some tape that you see now for the Jags defense. So maybe they're able to find a couple of tendencies of Josh Dobbs to make him kind of feel under under pressure, get under his skin, make him force force him to make some mistakes before the fourth quarter, like how the Cowboys did because they were trying to figure out Josh Dobbs and that. And how the Titans were going to run their offense? Right, I'm definitely, lo- I'm definitely going to take the Jags in this one. They've won six out of their last eight, and they've won four their last four games overall. They're on an absolute roll, and to me, that's going to be really scary if they win this game and then get into the
1: playoffs. I'm definitely taking Jacksonville for sure. All right, let's go to Sunday: Panthers and Saints in the Superdome. Yawn and yawn. Saints are favored by three, which means it's really a pick them. Who wins?
2: I'm definitely taking the
1: Saints on this one. Oh, you, you.
2: Carolina Carolina definitely wants to end the season on a high note as well. Don't get me wrong. And it's going to be really low scoring. Like, I'm seeing uh, the over-under is at 42. I'm thinking they get to 37. I think it's like a 20-17 to 17 game because you look at the Saints the last four games. They put up 20-17. 20 again and against uh who was it the falcons they won 21 18 so they're just barely getting to 20s if they even get there the panthers the saints overall their defense ever since they've hit that midway point in the season their defense overall has been exceptional you've seen the safety play we were calling out tyron matthew and marcus May. like what the hell are y'all doing get it together get your head out your you know what but they play a lot better overall. The defense is actually getting a lot of sacks, getting a lot of pressure. I think they're able to get to Sam Darnold. They We pretty much know what to do with Sam Darnold at this point. I'm definitely taking the Saints. It's going to be really low scoring. I want to see Trevor Penning. I want to see Eno Benjamin. I think Alvin Kamara can get in the end zone. That's how you end the season. Like, hey, you haven't scored a lot, but let, let's get you in the end zone one time for the one time.
1: You fool. You dirty fool. You're picking the Saints in a season finale that means nothing. You fool. They're going to get to 10 losses and, you know, that's the break your little heart just like you expect them to. And when you're on the field shooting your video recap after the post-game press conference, your tears can water the turf. Panthers. Why would
2: you be watering a turf?
1: Because some people like to do that, James. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. You're right. You know what else makes no sense? This season for the New Orleans Saints. Panthers win.
2: Well, remember, to be fair, you were the one that kind of swayed me a little bit. Like they're they're going to lose. Just just call it. Because I I was leaning towards the Saints, but then I was like, you know what? I'll, I'm gonna go with Matt on this one. You? Fool. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not falling for your trap again. I'm not pick. I'm not gonna be wrong again. You fool. like you will be. I'm taking the Saints. You
1: fool. Bucks Falcons. Ugh.
2: I mean, this one doesn't can matter. They, can they this both, one doesn't matter can they, either. Can they
1: both lose?
2: Uh, I'm taking Tampa for the sake of you want to go into the playoffs with a little bit of a streak. You want to go into their, in there with some momentum to give yourself any sort of a chance to beat Micah Parsons, Dak Prescott, and those Dallas Cowboys. So I, I'm definitely going to take Tampa Bay on this one.
1: Can they both lose?
2: I mean, I would love that. I would love for them to tie, but not happening. Tom Brady is going to win another game.
1: How jacked up will Josh Allen and Buffalo be back home in Buffalo, knowing that Demar is going to be okay? One more game left to finish the regular season strong. How jacked up is that group going to be? And
2: they're playing the Patriots. Correct. Oh, poor Patriots. Yeah, they're, they're gonna get crushed.
0: That's gonna Mac be Jones. Ugly.
2: That offense has looked putrid. That defense is gonna play motivated. We playing for their brother. They got even though Josh Allen. I don't know what's up with him. Dude's been throwing a lot of picks. You yeah. notice that he's been throwing. He's got a lot of turnovers. But that offense is still gonna put in work. They're still gonna. I I'm I'm relatively pretty much agree with what Jake was saying last segment. When it was like two touchdowns, maybe a little bit more. I'm leaning towards that as well. I think this. I think this could get really bad.
1: Poor, poor hoodie. Poor hoodie.
2: Because, like, they want to. They want to win. Like, they want to give themselves a good shot. Uh, they they could fight early on, but I think over time, Bills are just going to wear them down. And Mac Jones is eventually going to make a bad play or two in the second half, and it's just gonna it's going to be an avalanche.
1: Vikings and Bears.
2: Oh Vikings! What do I do with you? What am I supposed to do with Justin Jefferson? I, I put my faith that he would get me at least twenty points in fantasy. He gets me two point five.
1: That that one week that he just the one fell week off like the you just like, w- oh I know
2: I had him too I know it hurt I know it hurt. Believe me, I know. It hurts so bad. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take the Vikings. They still are very much alive. Depending on, I mean, I think the Eagles. They have a very good shot of winning, but with the Vikings themselves, they still want to try and get that number 1 overall seed. Yep. Yeah. It takes a lot more for them to get to it, but Vikings, Bears, I mean, there's definitely a skill gap between that. There's going to be a couple upsets that we're not necessarily so,
1: picking, but I'll take I'll take the Vikings. So what happens if the Eagles lose, the Vikings lose, and then the Cowboys win? Wouldn't the Cowboys be the one seed?
2: What happens with the 49ers?
1: Well, I guess they would have to lose too. So in that case, wouldn't the wouldn't the Cowboys be the one seed? How disgusting would that be? Dallas gets the one seed, and they still squander oh. it. Hey, yeah, they, they lose in the divisional round. Oh man, oh that that would be such a Dallas cow. And then they would fire Mike McCarthy. Like we've had enough. And then, like. Damn it. It, it! It's like it's like the Matt Rule thing. I mean, obviously Matt Rule didn't coach very well in the NFL, but was Matt Rule really the problem in Carolina, or was he just your way out? Like he was, mm.
2: he was, he was a good bit of a scapegoat. <laughs> You're yeah,
1: right, right. Well, is he the true issue, or was he just the easy fix? Ravens and Bengals in Cincinnati again, same story as the Bills. How jacked up are the Bengals going to be? To to get back on the field.
2: Remember, we thought Tyler Huntley was a solid backup, a, a viable a option for the Saints, or well, no, just a viable quarterback in general, right? That could be like a good backup yeah, or somebody that could start some games. Remember when we that's, thought that? that?
1: That's long gone. That was funny, wasn't it? Oh, Tyler Huntley, I don't know what's happened to you, bud, but you good. have struggled. Good times, good times.
2: I wonder, kind of, how players overall this whole this whole weekend will play because after seeing with Demar like mm-hmm. are we going to see like some defenders kind of be scared to make tackles like i'm wondering during the first quarter and first halves of yeah, like all these games you're going to see some guys that are skittish are are we going to see like some explosive plays because like the defenders don't go all the way into the hit like they maybe just try and go for a shoulder to like hit you in the side but it's like well i'm just going to bounce off that and just take it 60 yards to the house yep. like i wonder
1: how many 40 plus yard runs we're going to see yeah you you very well could. Uh, you, for for at least first couple of possessions, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of guys are skittish.
2: Yeah, like it's going it's going to take some time to, and it's not even like actual rust. You're just like, what if this happens to me? Right. Like yeah. it, it's going to be in their mind. Like that's that's what's going to be interesting about this whole weekend. But I'm going to take the Bengals as you
1: should nine point favorites at home. Yeah, taking the Bengals, Texans and Colts. This is a game. To determine, you know, who's who's, who's worse. Because, I mean, yeah, the, the Colts are 4-11 while the Texans are only 2-13. But think about it. 4-12-1? Is that really much different than 3-13-1? No. So if the Texans win, which team's truly worse? The Colts are a two-point favorite. But granted, that's because they're home. I don't even know if I can make a pick for this game because they're both bad. I mean, who, James, do do you have a pick? Who wins?
2: Ugly pick for me, but I'm I really want to try and pick the Texans, Ooh. but I just can't do it. Uh, I think this game is going to be terrible. Uh, mm. Neither of them are going to want to win. Texans want to have that one, that number one overall pick because if they win. And yeah, the bears lose, then the They're, bears get the one pick.
1: you're gonna you're gonna you might lose on purpose.
2: so I, I feel like by default, it's like even though Jeff Saturday, El Jefe, and the Colts probably don't deserve El, a win. El jefe they, they still might get a win.
1: Oh El jefe yeah, I'm gonna take the Colts in this one. Um, again, ugly game, the over unders 38. I think it probably is lower than that uh i I could see like a 17-13 ball game here. Um Jets, Dolphins. James, this one's this one's interesting. And and the reason why is because the Dolphins are now going to Skyler Thompson at quarterback. Yeah, not very not very good. Not, well, here's, not good times. Well, here's the thing. You need a win to make the playoffs. Now, granted, the Jets have struggled as of late. They're not going to play Zach Wilson on Sunday. They're going to go back to Joe Flacco. But Mike, the, the if the rumors are true to where if the Dolphins lose yet again, Mike McDaniel could lose, your, lose his job. James, how did that conversation go? Mm. Hey, Skyler, come have a seat. Look, man, I, I know you've never played a single snap in the NFL that meant anything, but we're going to need you to play this whole game, and I want you to have fun, but at the same time, keep in the back of your head that my job is in your hands. No pressure. Good luck.
2: Yeah. What? That's what happens when you lose six in a row.
0: God.
2: Like, that's crazy. You start off six and two. Or no, 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 no I'm sorry. You start off three and oh. Lose your next three, so now you're three and three. Correct. You win your next five, so you're, so you're eight, eight and three. three. You're you looking your last real five. good. Dropped your last five. Now you're eight and eight. Yikes. Crazy how that works. Who wins? <laughs> oh, okay. Who wins? You got to pick one. Uh, this is this is like the Colts and Texans. Uh, give me the Jets, because um, it, it's it, it kind of just proves another point that like, see, like just give us somebody that isn't Zach Wilson. We can win games.
1: Skylar Thompson gets the win, and he's the backup quarterback for the Saints next year. Oh my God! And the Dolphins go to the playoffs. We'll take a timeout. Finish our picks in the next segment right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the Fighting Tigers of LSU and the World Series champion Houston Astros.
0: Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right
4: here. You can be my wingman anytime.
0: Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: That was good. That wasn't too bad. Sounded just like Ryan Tetter. Anyways, 544 on your Friday edition of Crunch Time.
2: Were you known as like the hyper kid?
1: Yes. Okay. It, Are
2: you just figuring that out? No, I just wanted to confirm in my head. I didn't want to like have this idea and then it'd be wrong the whole
1: time. Severe ADHD over here. Severe ADHD. And I take no medicine for it. So let's go. Hey, seven games to pick. Let's finish it up. Browns and Steelers in Pittsburgh. Can Mike Tomlin keep his winning season streak going?
2: Patriots lose. Dolphins lose. Steelers get a win over the Browns. Not only do they get into the playoffs, but they also have Mike Tomlin continue his win streak of being above five hundred each year he is as a coach. Never have a losing season. He does it with
1: a rookie Kenny Pickett. What a guy. Who would have thunk it? What a guy. I'm taking the Steelers as well. Uh, the Browns just have not been impressive outside of Nick Chubb. Just have not been very good. Um, Chargers and Broncos in mile high. Uh, the Broncos. Playing for pride. I'm about to say there's no other way to put it. They've been bad. Bad. They have, been s- bad. They have severely underperformed. Bad. I don't know of many people that are going to want to coach them next season.
2: This is one of those games where it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Chargers are pretty much locked in where they're yeah. at. They've already confirmed. Um, I mean, they may move a spot, but it's like, I mean... Not it, enough to make a difference. Like, uh, Broncos are playing for pride. I still take the Chargers, though. Yep. You always you always want to go into the playoffs with a win, so you got a little more motivation, in my eyes, than Denver does. So I'm taking Los Angeles.
1: and And, and the Broncos... Do they even still have a first-round pick in 2023, or did they ship that to Seattle to get Russ?
2: No, they got it from Miami because they traded Bradley Chubb.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true. So hey, Crazy about that. You trade for Bradley Chubb. But it's Miami's pick, so it's not going to be as good.
2: But if Miami doesn't make the playoffs and they go 8-9, it's looking a little better. It's in the mid-teens. It's a solid pick you can work with.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Giants and Eagles. Eagles need a win to win the division and to hold on to the one seed in the in the NFC. Damn right they do. Hella yes.
2: motivation. You need that. You need that if you're Philly. You can't go into the playoffs not only not having the one seed, but on a three game losing streak. And still not have uh Jalen Hurts be as healthy as he can be. Right. So to me, the you got to go with Philly because New York, the Giants, they are absolutely landlocked. They are they are stuck where they're at. There, there's no other two ways about it, whether they win or lose. So you look to Philly. You look for them to win this game.
1: Cardinals and Niners. Niners, oh, my God.
2: As much as I'd love for the Cardinals to play spoilers, I'm going to take the 49ers for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brock, Purley, Brock Purdy, I feel like the fat is hey, going to— He is Purdy.
1: I stumped you. I stumped you.
2: I feel like the fad at some point soon, It's it's got to go away. Nope.
1: Brock Purdy mania, baby. But for right now, I think it's still alive. All right, lightning round. Rams, Seahawks. Uh, let's go with Rams. Lions, Packers.
2: Oh, okay. We're going with that one. Uh,
1: Give me the Packers. Cowboys, Commanders. Throw them off a little bit. Let's go Commanders. All right, quickly. I want to get to... Some audio from the New Orleans. What about the Saints. Pelicans? Pelicans. Oh, Nets. Pelicans. Nets. You're right. Um, Nets. I'm gonna go Pelicans. I, I think you get another big game out of out of CJ. I think Jonas Valanciunas plays well as well. Um, and you know, obviously either Kevin Durant or Kyrie are gonna get theirs, but I think you slow one of them down and that can be the difference in the game. So uh yeah, I'm I'm going to take the I'm going to take the pills in uh in this one. We're not going to be able to get to the Saints audio. That's fine. Um we will we will recap the game on Monday during crunch time, but we want to help you get Mardi Gras started. The right way with a real fun run. Trail presents the Lundy Graw Barathon on Monday, February the 20th. It's four miles through Freetown just south of the parade route. Wear a costume and enjoy free drinks throughout the course, served at the Adult Hydration Station. A party bus will follow close behind so runners can jump aboard at any time. Run all, run some, or run none. And the audience will vote for the winner of the costume contest, so bring your loudest friends. It's the Lundy Graw Barathon. Free drinks, food, and prizes. You can register now at latrail.org take a time out wrap up the week next here on crunch time southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers and the world series champion houston astros
0: from the louisiana raging cajuns to the latest with the new orleans saints and pelicans miguez and cover it all i'm not worried uh i think it's something that i can get under control Now Now, back back to to more Crunch Time time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Welcome back to Crunch Time for the last time of the week. I do want to remind you one more time, though, that one of the things that I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props I like. what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday Saints-Panthers game. I'm going to take an Alvin Kamara anytime touchdown, the under on total points scored, and the Saints money line. Same game parlays are just one of the reasons why I bet with FanDuel. It's easy to register, easy to deposit, and it's so simple to find your bets. And when you win, FanDuel will pay you your winnings fast. There's no feel like nailing a same game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. New to FanDuel? Sign up today with promo code KLWB for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with Fandle, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana in permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required, bonus issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after they're received. Restrictions apply to terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. It's always sad when the weekend's.
1: I mean, a whole three days that I, I don't get to talk to James. I, it's just, it's a terrible existence, I swear. No? No, no, no comment? Okay. All right. Wrapping up today's show, do the Pelicans get a win versus the Nets tonight in the blender? 54% say the Nets' offense is just too good, while 46% say, heck yeah, brother. Monday's show is going to be fantastic. College basketball to recap and a national championship game in college football to preview. All of that and much more when we return on Monday. I want to take this opportunity to thank our guests today, Dawson Iserloh of the Dome Zone podcast, as well as Jake Crane, the host of Crane & Company, which you can catch weekday mornings on The Daily Wire and on YouTube. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them. Have one hell of a weekend. And we will be back on Monday, same time, 4-6, to 6, same station right here on the game. It's 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.